This is Songs of Praise. We hope this hour of musical reflection lifts your thoughts to our loving Saviour, Jesus Christ.
that I call my home where the sun is the light in the midst of the night heaven means home to me heaven means home to me where Jesus is I want to be My soul then sings my soul then sings my soul my soul Lord my God when I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds thy hands have made I see the stars, the stars I hear the rolling thunder thy power through a 
Christ is Then sings my soul, I sing my Savior God to thee, my God to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art, how great thou art. Then sings my soul, my soul, my Savior God to thee, how great thou art, how great thou gentle breeze, then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee, my God how great thou art, how great thou art, then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee, how great thou art. Trust you are getting to know our Saviour Jesus Christ better as Songs of Praise continues. Mm-hmm. 
moon shines full at his command, and all the stars obey. I sing the goodness of the Lord that fills the earth with food. He formed the creatures with his word and then pronounced him good. Lord, how thy wonders are displayed where'er I turn my eye. If I survey the ground I tread or gaze upon the sky, there's not a plant or flower below, but makes thy glories known, or clouds arise and tempest blow. This is Songs of Praise, music to help you appreciate our Saviour, Jesus Christ.
buried deeply stained within sinking to rise no more but the master of the sea heard my despair and cry from the waters lifted me now safe am i love lifted me love lifted me when nothing else could help love lifted me love lifted me love lifted me when nothing else could help love lifted me all my heart to him i give ever to him i'll cling in his blessed presence live ever his praises sing love so mighty and so true merits my soul's best songs faithful loving service to to him belongs love lifted me love lifted me when nothing else could help love lifted me love lifted me Love lifted me when nothing else could help. Love lifted me. Love lifted me. Love lifted me when nothing else could help. Love lifted me. Love lifted me. Yeah. 
will give thanks to you, Lord, among the nations. I will sing praises to you among the peoples. Psalm 108 and verse 3. Into a tent where a gypsy boy lay Dying alone at the close of the day News of salvation we carry, said he Nobody ever has told it to me said he then I am sure that he sent him for me tell it again tell it again salvation story repeat or end all till none can say of the children of men nobody ever has told me
little girl needs a hand to hold And oh, how he loves those little children How he longs to be a friend to young and old His tender spirit welcomes all who seek him his giving heart asks little in return and i have found his promises faithful i seek to live my life that i
wonderful to wonderful to hear, bringing hope and cheer, hope and cheer. Oh, it's the lovely name of Jesus. Evermore the same. Jesus, reaching higher, reaching higher, far than the highest stars, highest stars, sweeter than the songs they sing in heaven. Let the world proclaim what a lovely name. Sinners sinners oh, by his power he cleansed the lepers, open blinded eyes, cause the dead to rise. What a lovely name, the name of Jesus. Reaching higher, reaching higher, far than the highest stars, highest stars, sweeter than the songs they sing in heaven. Let the world proclaim what a lovely name, his name, oh yes, he Of every race, shall be all this face. Oh, with him enter heaven's city, ever to proclaim what a lovely name. Oh, what a lovely name, the name of Jesus. Reaching higher, reaching higher, far than the highest stars, highest stars, sweeter than the songs they sing in heaven. Let the world proclaim what a lovely world. We hope you've enjoyed the program. Join us again on Songs of Praise, produced by 3ABN Australia Radio. Today, in 3ABN Australia Radio's book reading, we're continuing I Saw God's Hand by the late missionary pastor Elwyn Martin, Much of the book is set in Papua New Guinea and is broadcast with the kind permission of Amazing Facts. In our last episode, 
We heard the story of a young man, Noveki, about 20 years of age, who had started attending the mission school. His father was a devil priest who had the powers to puri-puri others. This is very similar to the pointing of the bone among the Australian Aborigines that leads to death. One Saturday evening, the message came that Oveki was in a severe convulsion and was dying. During his attack, he disappeared three times and then reappeared. After a prayer season, Oveki was freed of the demonic powers and explained that he had visited a plantation about an hour and a half's walking distance away. But Oveki said that he had been there three times in one hour. It was only by prayer that his devil possession had been overcome. Resuming chapter 9. Oveki made a good recovery and maintained excellent progress at our mission school, but lived in constant fear of what might happen to him. However, he soon made a full commitment to Christ, and from then on his fears left him. I should pause to mention that I later asked Oveki why he had not spoken the name of Jesus during his seizure. He explained that he had tried to speak the Master's name, but every time as he tried, he spoke his Father's name. One day, some three weeks later, I was down at the Myra plantation and was approached by the manager. Mr Martin, we had a frightening experience here one Saturday night about three weeks ago. He told me how his boss boy had run to the house asking him to come quickly for there was a madman frightening the labour. That's about 100 Papuans employed on the plantation by shouting at them in a language they could not understand. The manager told me that by the time he got there the madman was gone. According to the manager he had no sooner returned to his home and settled down to the book he was reading when the boss boy shouted, Master, come quickly, the madman is here again. This time the manager threatened the boss boy that if he went over and there was no one there, he would punish him. The manager hurried over again to find that the truder had gone. But he did not punish the boss boy, for he and the rest of the labour line were already too distressed. He returned to his home, but before he was able to settle down, the shout went up again, The madman is here! This time the manager picked up a firearm and ran to the labourers' quarters to be told that the madman had gone again. The manager completed his story by saying, Work that one out and tell me the answer. I asked him whether he had any idea who the madman was. He replied, Not really. My boys claim it was a boy by the name of Oveki who finished his two-year contract with me a few weeks ago. But I'm certain it wasn't Oveki, for he was one of the best boys I ever had. Besides, he could speak only two languages, both well known to my boys and me. I can only repeat the manager's request. Work that one out and tell me the answer. Even though Aveki gained the victory through Christ, I was soon to learn that the devil had not finished with me. Chapter 10. Village Lights Go On Despite continuing evidences of God's providential care and guidance, his work seemed to move forward slowly in our region. 
many years of faithful service in the Vailala area of the Gulf District had produced little in the way of real results. Devilish heathenism, superstition and fear were deeply entrenched in these Western people for whom the Master had died. I decided to make the matter of a real breakthrough the burden of my prayers, claiming the promise contained in James 1.5. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, and it shall be given him. Over the next few weeks, a plan formed in my mind that I feel was divinely inspired. I decided to launch out in aggressive evangelism. The problem was, how could I capture the people's interest? If I conducted a mission, that's a series of meetings, in anyone's village, I could reach only a small part of the population. I asked my master how to solve this problem, and a plan slowly took shape in my mind. Deciding upon 10 or 12 villages with an average of about 50 or 60 inhabitants each, I took a camera and snapped about two dozen colour shots in each village showing groups of old men sitting in council, groups of youth or children, mothers feeding their babies or girls and boys playing by the seashore. I tried to take these pictures without the villagers knowing what I was doing. While waiting the several weeks required for the transparencies to come back from Australia, I spent every spare minute preparing studies best suited to the Papuans. I whittled my studies down to about 16. I felt I could present these over three days, running five or six meetings a day. My next move was to send for my 15 outstation teachers, including some ordained men. In practically every case, these men had worked for years without any tangible results. Lining up this group of teachers each morning for eight or ten days, I handed each one typed copies of two sermons written in the Matuan language, beginning with the ones I planned to give when we launched into our evangelistic campaign. The notes on the subject were very detailed. All illustrations and important points had been underlined in red for emphasis. I told them to study these notes carefully in the four hours during the morning while regular classes were being conducted and I was busy at the dispensary. As soon as possible after school was over and the students had been given their work assignments, I called the teachers into the school and preached my two evangelistic sermons, having an interval between them and at all times giving them opportunity to ask questions about any points that were not clear. The next afternoon, the second day, before taking studies three and four, I picked out two of the teachers and asked them each to preach one sermon that we had used the day before. I sat in the class and did not spare them in my constructive criticism concerning the weaknesses in their preaching. The fact that the teachers were not told who would be called on to take the next two sermons under review motivated them to earnest preparation. They studied as they had never studied before. For soon the time came when I sat down each afternoon and listened to preaching from my notes. By the time the 16 studies had been presented, my teachers were raring to go. They were disappointed when I told them that they were going to listen to me preach again in a real campaign. 
We arrived at our first coastal village late one afternoon, carrying with us sufficient food for three days. A battery, car type, projector and screen, and a pressure light. The battery was for operating the projector. After dark, we flashed our first picture on the screen. This was a picture taken in that particular village. The impact was fantastic. People literally poured out of their darkened houses to see themselves on the screen for the first time. After showing about half a dozen slides, I would announce that I had quite a lot more pictures to show them a little later. But first, I wanted to talk to them for a little while in their own language. Then I launched into my first study, along the same line as we would run a mission campaign in the homeland, but much more simplified and suited to their environment. From the first meeting, it was evident that we had captured their interest. So we showed another half dozen slides and announced that there would be another meeting at six o'clock the next morning. They rolled out in full strength again. We had another meeting at 10 o'clock in the morning, another at 2 in the afternoon, and another at 4, and another in the evening showing a few more slides. At the end of the three-day campaign, I made a call for those to come forward who wanted to join a baptismal class, and 38 of the 40 inhabitants joined. I left one of my teachers with them to carry the interest through to fruition. We arrived at our next village, and prior to beginning our second campaign, I was confronted by several teachers, two of them ordained men, who asked whether one of them could be the preacher for the next series. My answer was an emphatic, no, you're going to listen to me preach again. This was a larger village, but produced about the same results proportionately. Then we moved on to Aveki's home village. At this village, two ordained men, Pastor Koivi and Pastor Paul Yama, really pleaded with me to let either one of them be the real evangelist. I refused again, mainly because this was Oveki's village, the very centre of devilism and the home of the devil priest. I feared that we might run into opposition, seeing we were on the devil's enchanted ground. After the first evening meeting, I was confronted by one of the devil priest's cohorts and told to get out of the village or else. Next morning, during the six o'clock meeting, I was rather rudely interrupted and told that if I did not stop immediately, I would be dead by sunset the next day. The devil priests liked to get some part of their victim's person, such as a tooth, a piece of fingernail, or even a hair of the victim's head. This makes them sure of the death of their victim. When I was told that I would be dead by sunset next day, I ran my fingers through my hair, pulling out several hairs, and handed them to the devil's ambassador as a means of ridding myself of him. During an afternoon meeting, I noticed the devil priest sitting some little distance from my audience, apparently listening to every word being spoken. As I closed the meeting, the devil priest sent someone to ask how I was feeling. My answer was, never better. He seemed amazed. To be continued. Tune in again next week for the next episode of I Saw God's Hand, written by Elwyn Martin and read by Alan Lindsay.
I'm Marilyn, the Two-Tip Lady, and I love to share tips that help to make your life more simple. Do you ever feel so discouraged that you just don't want to wake up, but pull those covers around your head and just stay put? Well, I've got two tips today that will change this, guaranteed. And they work for me. Here's how. In the cool, brand new morning with kookaburras laughing their wake-up calls, I hurl myself out of bed. And this jingle helps. I hear myself saying, mid-snore, feet hit the floor. (laughs) And I join those kookaburras in the garden. What could be better than going out there early in the early morning hours and snapping off some crunchy kale leaves, some tender spinach leaves, a few echinacea leaves, a handful of parsley, some succulent bok choy leaves and a handful of fragrant mint to enjoy in our berry and mango laced smoothie. Hmm, nothing much better than that. Gathering these fresh goodies from the garden and not having to purchase greens that have lost their flavour and crunch is such a delight. So tip number one for today is simple. Grow some greens. At least grow some greens. In pots if you must, but grow those greens. There was a dark time in my life a few years ago when I was unwell and unable to have a garden, but I had a few pots of greens and flowers. Gorgeous frilly petunias, and they were food for my body. And they were refreshing food for my soul. I could only lie there and look at them out the window, but what a refreshment they brought. I've got no doubt that they helped health to return. Watching the new leaves, the unfolding flowers and admiring the amazing colours painted on by our loving creator, this was real life-giving therapy. Can you gather a few pots and experience the thrill of seeing each new leaf and bud and colourful flower emerge? So tip number one is grow some greens. Tip number two is another easy one. Grow some flowers. You try it and experience the joy of sharing nourishing food as well as colourful fragrant blossoms to brighten not only your life but provide a feast for the eyes of passers-by to enjoy too. And these things, your greens and your flowers, will give you gifts to be able to give away and brighten somebody else's life. So my tips today, I said, would be simple. They are grow some greens and grow some flowers. It's the simple things in life that bring untold blessings. I know. And you can know too. This is it today from the Two Tip Lady who loves to share tips to help make your life more simple and pleasant.